You're listening to a podcast from Reality Honolulu. For more information or ways to get involved in the life of the church, visit realityhonolulu.com. Thanks for listening. Sunday. Happy Ohana Sunday for all of you guys that are here today. So grateful to have you. Dogs, kids, babies, youth, everybody's in this room. Love it. Um, Please hang out afterwards. In the back, we have potluck. There's more food being cooked, and we have tons of um, fun to be had downstairs. Deddy and Audrey, excuse me, not Deddy and Daniela have volunteered their pickleball abilities to teach anyone downstairs. Really, they're their best players. So they uh, are downstairs afterwards. If you just want to learn the game, play the game, they're going to be down there. But really, the whole idea, the reason why we do this is really to create space to just get to know all of us more, get you guys plugged in, and get connected into the life of the church. And um, I would love to meet you if I haven't yet, or if you feel like I forgot your name. It's okay, totally cool. I meet a lot of people, and sometimes I'm like, forget your name. So please come up and uh, introduce yourself again, or for the first time, love to meet you guys. Um, But today, we're going to get into the Word of God for the next 20 or 30 minutes uh, before we end in worship and then break bread together and have fun. But today is officially the end of our summer sermon series here on Sundays in the book of Proverbs. Um, Kind of a trip that summer is coming to a close, sadly, but kind of how time flies, I guess, these days, it feels like. Uh, But if you've been with us at Reality over the course of the summer, you'll know that over the last nine or so weeks, we've given you a snapshot into the book of Proverbs. Uh, We've spent the last nine weeks, the months of June and July, digging into the book of Proverbs here on Sundays, and most weeks, we're taught by different men and women who are deeply invested and deeply care for our church. David and Abby Elliott, Audrey, Cecia, and Zach, thank you for preaching the Word of God to us this summer. So let's give them some round of applause. And I want to do a special shout out and huge mahalo to Zach Dunkerton right here in the front row, uh, who really, yes, if you know him, you love him. And um, he really spearheaded this summer series, The Formation and Outline, and Zach, you're a gift to our church, and so thank you, brother, for that. So um, get to know Zach and Megan up here um, if you have not yet. But today, I get the privilege of wrapping up our summer sermon series, and so before we get into that, uh, I want to pray over our time in God's Word. So why don't you join with me? God, thank you. Thank you that we have your word in front of us. We have it readily accessible. And God, what we believe it to be is your word. It's God-breathed and God-inspired. That it's for us, that you've preserved it over the course of the last two, three, four millennia as it was written. We have it in our own language. We can read it and we can know your heart for us. We can know the truths of how you created the world and how we're to live into the design that we were created to live into. And we know about Jesus who saves us from our sins and who freely gave his life to redeem us and set us free. Your word is 
beautiful, it's wonderful, it's amazing, it's powerful, and we ask that you would speak through it, Holy Spirit, to us today. God, as we end our series in the book of Proverbs and we talk about the area of trust, we ask that you would uh, minister to us on a deep level, everyone in the room and everyone watching online or listening to this later. Pray this in Jesus' name, amen. So the book of Proverbs, like the Bible in its entirety, speaks to and covers really most aspects of life. Right? There's really no area in the Bible in general that it doesn't have something to say about it. The Bible's pretty in, all-inclusive in that way. It's pretty incredible that much, how much of our life, regardless of your culture or the time in history you've lived, that the Word of God addresses most, if not all, areas of life. But... As amazing as it is, right, it wasn't written, and it's not really realistically written or logical that it would be able to speak into each of our unique lives, into each of our unique situations, for all that we have every day in every culture and every year that's ever existed. Right, so don't get me wrong. The Bible does speak specifically into some issues, very detailed. But mainly, what we see in it is it's more of a broad guide to give us a glimpse into the heart of God and to, into the way of Jesus. But again, in large part, the Bible is broad. It's general, and it's not exhaustively specific into every aspect. And again, that's true of Proverbs also. It's wonderful, it's amazing, Amazing. it's a guide, it's a tool, it shows us the heart of God and the way of Jesus. But again, does it show you exactly if you should take the job that you just got offered? You'd be like, ooh, can't find that in 1 Thessalonians. Like, yeah. Or like, hey, how should I deal specifically with this parenting issue of my unique kid? Let me open to Matthew. Is it in there? No, it's not going to be in there. Is that to say the Bible doesn't speak to every aspect? No, there's huge guided principles. But again, it isn't necessarily specific in nature. But here's what is beautiful about it. Is that the Bible, again, for us today, I'm going to narrow it down to the book of Proverbs. The Bible and the book of Proverbs in general is supposed to point us to the person of Jesus, which then shows us, our fathers who is in heaven, and it's all through the power of the Holy Spirit. Like in general, what the Bible is going to do, if you read it cover to cover, you will see the heart of God and the character of God. You will see the person of Jesus, which points you back to the Father, and it's all done by the power and movement of the Holy Spirit. It's one unified book. Even though if you open it up, it's 66 books that you feel like have been put into one book. It's a unified story pointing to the person of Jesus. But the question that if you really narrow down, not only does the book of Proverbs, but really every author and every story, every parable, what it comes down to, what the Bible really, I, I think, drives us to ask ourselves is this. Do we 
trust in God's ways or do we trust in our own ways? Right? All of Scripture really comes down to whether we're going to follow Jesus to be our Lord or if we're not willing to give up the throne to the control of our own lives. Old Testament, New Testament, disciples, the children of Israel in the wilderness. I mean, you name it. It comes down to, again, each are unique situations in unique cultures at unique, unique times. But the question that always comes down or the test to God's people, and as we read it ourselves, is do we trust that God's ways are better than our ways, and are we willing to allow him to lead us and him to be Lord, or do we really struggle and just go, I know what's best. I'm my own keeper. I'm the master of my fate. Again, it's here in 2023 in Hawaii. It's for every biblical character and every Christian sense comes down to this. Do we trust that God knows best or are we still thinking we do? Now, most of us here, actually I think all of us in this room probably, if I was going to like stand at the door and ask you that question, you would pass the test for the right answer. Intellectually, you're like, yeah, of course, the creator God that created the whole universe, that created you and I, that sent Jesus to save us, of course he knows best. Like intellectually, we would all say that. Or most of us, right? Most of us, if you go to a Christian church, would probably say that. Again, I know that a lot of the world doesn't believe that. But I think for us here today, most of us would pe pass the test for the right answer. But like most people, biblical spiritual concepts, the rubber meets the road every day, especially in this area. Because each day, in every facet of each of our lives, we face decisions and choices. Life is full of them. <laughs> like every day, all day. Small decisions, big decisions, everything from your job to our finances to our parenting, our time management, how we spend our time and money and how we parent and everything. The school you went to, the school you're going to, the degree you got, the job you're going to take, the job you wanted, you don't like. Everything is a choice. Everything is a decision. Whether you do your meal prep tonight for the week or you decide not to. Choice. Decisions. Right? And sometimes we don't see the consequences, or there's not, or sometimes they're huge. But life is full of decisions and choices. And these, all of these areas of our life, these affect and challenge and test the truths of who and what we trust in. Right? Do we trust in the Lord? Or do we just trust in our own intellect and experience and what we think is best? And you get the idea. Uh, if you're going to look at the book of Proverbs as a whole, one of the chapters that illuminates this idea of trust is chapter 3 
All of Proverbs is amazing. Proverbs 3 is probably one of my favorite. And if I was going to ask you, most of you that have read Proverbs or grew up in the church, if I was going to say, do you know any of the Proverbs by heart? Do you, have you memorized any? You'd think about it and you'd probably say, yeah, I know one. It's Proverbs 3. Trust in the Lord with all your, and lean not on your own, and in all your ways, acknowledge him and he'll make your path straight. Most of you know this. Routine, repetition. Right? It's Proverbs 3, specifically, 3, and five, three 5, and 6, is one of those that we know. That, we've, that we've, we've regularly recalled to. Maybe you have something of biblical paraphernalia with it on your, in your house. Right? A notepad or a shirt or a magnet or, right? This is a thing. People have made a lot of money just over making t-shirts with that verse on it. But unfortunately, what happens is, is when you make something so routine and when you know it so well, it loses its, loses its potency. We don't remember and recall it maybe in the ways that if someone just got saved today and then tomorrow I taught them this verse and this concept, they'd be like, oh my gosh, I rely on my own self all the time. I never trust God, right? But for us that have maybe walked with Jesus for more than a day's time, we easily just can fall into routine to not trust the Lord. But if you do have your Bibles, I would love to read this section with you, not just the verses I just quoted, but... The first eight verses of Proverbs chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles, please turn to Proverbs 3. Totally okay if you do take out your phone. Just be careful because you get sucked into the world of text messages. Uh, but I have it on the screen if you don't want to do that. Proverbs 3, 1 through 8. And I want to concentrate on verses 5 through 9. But 1 through 4 is just too good not to start there. So Proverbs 3, 1 through 8 says, My child... Never forget the things I've taught you. Store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep within your heart. Then you will find favor with both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. And then the verses we know. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. Do not be impressed with your own wisdom. Instead, fear the Lord and turn away from evil, and you will have healing for your body and strength for your bones. Again, as homework, if you just like want to recall like the whole series of Proverbs, read Proverbs chapter 3 in its entirety. Or actually just read it like often. Because it'll remind us of how beautiful and wonderful the Word of God is and to store it in our hearts and to walk in it. But this section here in Proverbs 3, specifically when it talks about trust, look at what it says trusting in the Lord does. Right? If we trust in the Lord and we don't depend on our own wisdom, look what comes from that. Okay, number one. 
is that there is clarity in the paths, paths we should take. Verse 6. And then the second kind of huge thing that comes out of trusting the Lord in these verses is healing comes to our body and strength comes to our bones. Okay, so I want to look at this first idea, uh, speaking of clarity. It says if we trust in the Lord, God will show us the way in which we should go. And again, that's supposed to be vague and broad because it should be all-encompassing. So much of life, I don't know about you or I or, I mean, all of us, I'm sure, we struggle with what we ought to do with our lives. What should we, where should we live? What job should we have? Who should we marry? How should we raise our kids? Like, I don't, we, and, we, and we, we don't fully know. We try the best we can to discern what we should do. We try the best that we can to know the way of God and what would honor God the most. And we try our best, best just to follow the Lord into that. But what a gift, the book of Proverbs tells us, that God will actually lead us and guide us and show us the way. He won't leave us hanging. He actually says clarity of his will will come if you trust me. Clarity will come when we trust him. Because again, how much of life is just trying to determine the right decision to make? Some of us, it's harder than others. Some of us are, we probably make decisions too haphazard real quick. Some of us are just real, like, indecisive in life in any, in any way. There's a spectrum to anything. But so much of life is like, I just want to make the right decision. I don't want to waste my life. I want to make the right decision. I want to do the right thing with my family and my finances and my job and my future, right? It's all about that. But what God wants is not for us to guess or be haphazard or rely purely on like the pros and cons list, or however you make decisions, right? Because that's what we do. We make decisions on, we write a pro and con list, and what would this do? And But God doesn't want us to just only do that, or primarily do that. Like there's wisdom in like thinking about a decision. But ultimately, the core of it, God's like, do you trust me? Have you asked me? Have you waited upon an answer from me? Because God is, in his word, is saying, I'm here, I'm living and active, and I want to show you the way. Do you want to ask? <laughs> Do you want to ask which way you should go? Right? Because I think, you know, so often, like, I'm a parent, and you think of your own kids, and when your kids are super young, it's like, as a parent, you can kind of go like, hey, that is not the right way to go. But your, your kids can be pretty, you know, stubborn sometimes. They're like, that's the way we got to go. You're like, okay, but just so you know, that's not the way. Sometimes you let them go and sometimes you have to. You know what I mean? It's like this ebb and, ebb and flow. But the beauty of when you have kids is when, you, and when they ask, hey, which way should I go? It's like, oh, let me tell you. Let me lead you this way. Not into harm, but into flourishing. Or if they ask, you know, should I eat this much sugar or not? I said, well, you shouldn't because of, this, because of this. Right? There's wisdom in maybe, you know, in that, in that example of parenting. But how much more with the Lord when we trust him? 
When we trust him, when we surrender control, when we remove ourselves from the throne of our own lives, and we say, okay, God, you're in control, I'm not. I don't know what's best, but you do. Literally, the word of God says it's, it allows the Holy Spirit to lead us. Like, it gives opportunity for God to then step in and go, oh, let me show you now. Let me speak to you. Because, again, if we just, like, live our life how we want to live it, right, depending on our own intellect, our own experience, whatever our community said we should do, if that's, if that's the only way we live, well, there's no room for God. I'm not saying, like, trusted community and intellect and experience is bad. No, God gives us those things, and we should use that to determine a decision. That's part of it. But it's all of that is superseded by what God wants. And if we only rely on our own intellect and our own experience and only what's logical, it doesn't always sync up with the will of God. And for any of you Christians in this room that have been a Christian for more than a day, you will know that God's will a lot of times doesn't make sense logically to us. Or we go, God, you really want me to do that? But what about these other things that it will affect, right? We always are justifying, kind of negotiating with God in some sense. But what our author in Proverbs reminds us is that we ought to trust and rely and give up control and allow God to lead and us to follow and say, God, your, your ways are higher than our ways, and they're better than my ways. I'm going to trust you. Right? By trusting God, it allows the Holy Spirit to lead us. So not only does our section in Proverbs say that we'll have clarity in life, but also, and I love this, it says that we will have well-being. Right, verse 8 says that we'll have healing to our body and strength for our bones. And the concept here that the author is talking about isn't just mere physical health. It's not like a, like a verse that's promising you like long, youthful life. Fountain of youth, found it, verse 8. Not exactly. The concept here isn't just mere physical health, although I do believe living the way of Jesus and a life that honors God promotes that. Like I'm sure it will promote more physical health if you live the way of Jesus. But it's, it's actually the idea in this verse is, is more all-encompassing. It's more holistic in nature. It's more holistic into the well-being of our whole person. Spiritually, mentally, emotionally, physically, relationally, finance, like you name it, it's all encompassing. It's more of what verse 2 talks about. I don't know if you caught that in verse 2 of Proverbs 3. Verse 2 says, right, it says, store my commands in your heart. If you do this, you will live many years and your life will be satisfying. So think about that for a second. Uh, what does a satisfied or fulfilled life look like? I'm talking about like satisfied and fulfilled at the deepest core of how God made us to be. 
not just like you got the possessions in life that you wanted. I'm talking about if we trust the Lord with all our heart and we lean not on our own understanding, God is saying you will experience a satisfied, fulfilled life, whether you have a lot or not. You'll be living into exactly the way your creator made you to be. And that is priceless. That doesn't have a, a, a monetary value to it. Because God, our creator, our father in heaven, designed us to live into his ways. And if we live outside of those ways, we're going to get hurt. We're going to get damaged. We're going to get wear and tear. But if we live in God's design, we're living exactly how he wanted us. We're going to experience the fullness of joy and the peace that surpasses all understanding. We're going to walk in his love and his grace and his mercy. Right? We're going to experience this like satisfied, fulfilled, purpose-driven life. Because we all know, I mean, if we don't now, you, I mean, you, you, you know by now. This is, this is not hard to see. But a life lived apart from God, lived only and purely for our own pleasures, actually doesn't leave you fulfilled, it leaves you empty. And we know this because you can like scroll through endless documentaries on Netflix. You can read endless biographies of the wealthiest and most famous people that had it all. And it, once they had it all, they felt empty and alone and Right? Like, that wasn't the ultimate pinnacle of fulfillment was all this, like, worldly stuff. Right? It doesn't, it doesn't equal that. Like, being rich and famous or getting all that you wanted in this life usually ends in the opposite of being satisfied and fulfilled and living into what God has. I'm not saying God can't give you those things. I'm not saying that you, you can't. I'm just saying it doesn't equal what Proverbs is talking about. What Proverbs is talking about, regardless of how much stuff we have in this world, is that we are to be a people that trust God. That trust God. And if we trust God, and we allow him to lead us, then it says that our life is going to be whole and satisfied. And it's kind of what the Gospels talk about, about this abundant life. Jesus talks about that I've come to give life and that abundantly. And you know, you're like, what does that mean? What does abundance of life mean? I don't think Jesus was talking about purely stuff. I think he was saying, hey, if you follow me, if you let me lead, if you trust me, you're going to experience that satisfied, filled, abundant life that my Father in heaven created you for. So simply today, the way I want to end our summer, our, our summer series is by challenging us, myself included, to live in such a way that just trust God more. And here's where it gets real. And this will apply to most everyone in this room. My prayer and my hope is that as we enter into this new season, this fall season, going back to school or whatever it is for you, that we as a people and as a church just trust God more for our future. All of us 
think about the future and the what ifs and what's going to happen. Some of us, it's a tomorrow. We're like really worried or anxious about tomorrow. Some of us are the next month or two, or some of us are next year, or man, what's going to happen with my this, that, and the other? The future is a source of concern that we really desperately love and want to control. My challenge for us today is let's trust God more that he knows our future and whatever he has in store is best. Also, depending on your life stage, let's trust God more for your spouse. Whether you have this person or not, however age you are or whatever life stage you're in, but something that obviously a lot of us in this room wonder about, pray for, worry over, anxious is, hey, Am I going to have someone? Am I going to meet someone? When is that going to be? My prayer is that you trust God more for, for whatever that may look like. That you would surrender. You would trust him. You would, you would give that to him. For all of us in this room, you make money somehow. So money comes, you have a job, you have a career, you have a position Let's trust job more for our jobs. Let's just trust that he knows best, whether you like the job or not, whether the job's good or not, whether the job pays a lot or not. Trust God with the job. Doesn't mean he doesn't want to change the job maybe, but just trust that he has you right where he has you right now. And maybe it's like this angst that you want something different. Well, surrender that angst to the Lord. Or maybe it's just like, oh my gosh, I can't be here anymore. Surrender that to the Lord. Trust him. Trust God that he's in control of whatever it is. All of us also, let's trust him with our finances. Like, let's just trust him that he's going to provide for us. Let's just trust him that the money's going to come in. Let's just trust him that it's going to be okay. Like, let's just trust him that we can survive life in Hawaii. Because that's, that's, that's daily for us. That's daily for us. We have to make decisions and financial decisions and what should we do. And let's trust the Lord with our finances. And ultimately, let's just trust the Lord because he's God and we're not that everything is going to be okay. Because we're not supposed to be in control of our own life. You are not supposed to be the master of your own fate. It's not how it works. But we just like to, like to take that concept into our own lives and we say, well, I'm going to make it. I'm going to pull myself up by the bootstraps. I'm going to work harder. I'm just going to be my own determiner of my fate. That's not the way that we were created to be. That doesn't mean that God doesn't want you to, like, I mean, listen to Zach's message. It doesn't mean we want to work hard and have good work ethic. and doesn't mean you want to strive and have goals. That's not what it's saying. But the ultimate fate and direction of our lives isn't supposed to be up to us. But rather, it's up to the Lord. And because we know through God's word, we know his character, we know his heart, it's to bless us, not to harm us. It's to give us good things, not to take away. 
He's a God of love, not of like condemnation and judgment. That's what also we learn from the word of God is that like he wants good things for us. Abundant life, satisfying and fulfilled life, not a life of misery. Not a life of like, man, if I just give up and I, if I give up trust and I, I mean, I give up my control, well then God's just going to like take it all away from me. No, that's a wrong perception. That's a wrong idea. The Bible actually says the opposite. Let me lead. Let me be in control. And I will give healing to your bones and strength to your body. I mean, that's literally what it says. And so as I invite the worship team and as we enter into a few songs of worship and a time of communion, as the worship team comes forward, I just want us to respond to God in however he spoke to you. Right? My, my life and my story and the things that I have trouble trusting God with is going to be different than your life. But the beauty is, is that God wants to meet us all where we're at. And he extends a lot of grace, and there's a lot of mercy, and there's a lot of forgiveness. And if anything, God just wants to go, can I lead now? Like, can I do it now? I really want to. I would love to show you the way in which you're going to go, or you should go. I would love to answer that burning question inside your heart. Would you just let me speak? Right? This is the kind of God, like he's just waiting for us to come and just go, okay, God, you do it. And so I want to encourage us this morning, whether that's in your seats, whether that's standing up, whether that's praying with someone next to you, whether that's kneeling on the carpets up front, but come to God with this posture of a, like, God, your way is better than my ways. Like, surrender and, and giving up our control and rather uh, accepting his. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. God, we thank you that we, that, that you are in control and, and we're actually not. As scary as that may feel, that is also very freeing. It's not all up to us. It's not. Like, we have a Father in heaven that is a giver of good gifts. And he's the provider of all things. And he's the God of all comfort. And that's the God we serve. He is the creator God. He's the sustainer God. He's our savior. He's Emmanuel, God with us. And even in these next couple worship songs and as we enter into, you know, our time of fellowship and then we go home and then we start our weeks, I pray that you would flood our hearts and minds with the truth of who you are and that, Holy Spirit, you would help us to just walk in a life more trusting of you. That's less about us and more about you. That we would decrease so that you would increase. We love you, Lord. Pray this in Jesus' name.